Well, good evening. Uh, if you've got your Bibles with you, I would encourage you to open those to Matthew chapter 13. Um, we we'll reading from Matthew chapter 13 uh, in just a moment. Uh, I want to extend a warm welcome to each and every one of you that are here tonight. Uh, I hope that uh, each of you have had a good day to spend time with friends, family. Uh, I'm glad to see you back here uh, this evening. So in Matthew chapter 13, um, and in the uh, verses that are within that chapter and in the chapter surrounding that, Jesus gives us multiple different parables for us to um, look at and to, to examine. And a lot of those parables have a lot of um, different applications that we as Christians can take and apply to our lives. Um, and so tonight, what I would like to do is instead of focusing on every single one of those parables from all of those chapters, I want to focus on one in particular, um, and that is the parable of the sower uh, that takes place in Matthew 13 uh, in the first nine verses. So as we dive into uh, the parable of the sower, it reads in verse 1, uh, it says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered around him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in the parable, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. And so from these first eight verses, we see that there are really four different um, scenarios that Jesus uh, explains here. We see first a scenario of seeds that fell along the path, and those seeds were eventually devoured. We see that there were seeds that fell on uh, bad soil or rocky ground, and eventually those seeds died out uh, because those roots did not grow. We see that there were seeds that fell among thorns, and those thorns surrounded the seeds, uh, and that seed was prevented from growing and was eventually uh, choked out. And then we come to our fourth scenario that we'll look at, and that is the seed that fell on, this, uh, on the good soil. And that seed grew, and it produced, and it yielded results that the sower was anticipating. And so we'll start working through each of these different scenarios, and that first one along our way is the idea of the seeds that fell along the path. And if we fast forward in Matthew 13 uh, towards uh, verse 19, Jesus starts to explain this parable to us, uh, and he breaks down each of these various scenarios. So in Matthew 13, verse 19, Jesus explains the portion of this parable where the seeds fell along the path and were devoured, he says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. That evil one that's being referred to here um, is talking about Satan or the devil as snatching away that seed or the word of God that, was, that is in our heart. And so that begs the question for us as Christians, well, how does that seed get snatched away to begin with? What allows Satan to come into our lives and snatch that seed away. I think that there's a few different um, things that we, can, that we can maybe conclude about why this happens. First could be that we lose the, uh, lose the fire uh, or the passion that we once had for God's Word. Uh, and that could be a direct result of the fact that we're not feeding that flame or feeding that, that passion that we had. Maybe once we were 
coming to church regularly. Maybe now we're only coming once a week or maybe every so many weeks, every so many months. Maybe we're not studying the scripture as much as we should or praying as often as we should. Maybe we're not being active in attending you know, things like gospel meetings or VBSs next week. We're not attending that and making time to find ways to feed that flame and feed that passion that we had. And so as a result, that flame that we had dies out and Satan can come and snatch away that seed. Then second, or another way that Satan can creep into our lives and snatch that word of God from us is when we haven't fully left the world. And so I've kind of thought of this as kind of want to have your, have your uh, hands in both buckets, if you will. You want to be able to, on one hand, say, well, I like some of the aspects of you know, being a Christian. I like the title. I like being able to say I'm a Christian and you know, say you know, I believe in God and, and like having this idea that, that I can go to heaven but I also like a lot of the stuff that the world has to offer, and there's some things that the world offers that are more fun, more fulfilling, um, and more enticing than what God has to offer. And so we haven't fully left the world, and that can be um, an opportunity for Satan. And we see that sort of tying into that is that we fail to surround ourselves with people who have the same um, goals as us, the same vision as us, and so that can hinder us. And in fact, if we look at a few passages here, the first one will be uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33 says, Do not be deceived, for bad company ruins good morals. And then later on in Proverbs uh, 13, verse 20, we see uh, a similar idea where it says uh, in verse, uh, thir- chapter 13, verse 20, it says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. So here we see again this idea of if we're surrounding people who are a bad influence on us, if we're surrounding ourselves with people who are not drawing us closer to God, that means they're drawing us closer to somewhere um, or to someone, and that thing um, is is Satan or the, the ways of the world. And then another way that, that the seed can be snatched from us or that Satan can enter our lives and snatch that seed away is when we fail to act on our faith. So, um, you know, oftentimes, and say everybody in here has faith in God. We, we have faith in the Bible and the things that are said, and we truly believe those things. But as soon as we walk out of these doors, we fail to act on those faiths, on our faith. We fail to put those things into practice. When we go into work, we don't want to do anything about that or share our faith with anyone. Uh, we just kind of want to keep it to ourselves and not do anything. And so in James chapter 2, uh, verse 26, uh, it is said in James 2, verse 26, it says, As for the body apart from the spirit is dead, uh, also faith apart from works is dead. And so as Christians, it's important for us to understand that if we're uh, going to grow, if we're not going to fall into this um, category of of being a seed along the path that just has that word of God and that fire snatched away from us, we need to be actively um, acting on our faith. And so the question then becomes, well, what are the results of these things when we allow Satan to enter into our lives and snatch the seed from us and take that away from us? We see that we fail to understand the Word of God because we're not actively studying the Scripture, we're not reading the Word of God or fostering that flame. We don't understand the Word of God and what it says and what we are to do. We fail to understand our purpose here on earth. Are we just here for a good time? Are we here to do whatever pleases us and make us happy? Or are we here to serve God? We fail to understand why we are here to begin with. But we also fail to understand God's plan. So we're not studying the Word of God. We're not putting in any of the time or effort to 
develop our knowledge and, and, and things like that. And so we don't know why God has all these plans. Why, why did God create the world to begin with? Why did God uh, put His Son on the cross to die for us? What is the purpose of all of these things? What is God's overall plan? We fail to understand those things because we're not um, doing those. And then finally, when we fail to uh, study the Word of God and when we allow Satan to come into our lives, we fail to grow. We fail to grow as individuals, so we ourselves can't grow closer to God. But we also could maybe fail in the relationships we have with maybe our family or, or our marriages. We fail to grow uh, closer to God and we help, fail to help others grow closer to God as a result of those things. And then we sort of transition into our next uh, scenario that's been presented to us. And that scenario um, is Matthew 13, 20 and 21, where Jesus talks about the seed that fell on, on rocky ground. And Jesus explains this portion of the parable where he says, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word, and immediately he receives it with joy. And yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulations or persecution arises on account of the word, he immediately falls away. So that begs the question in this portion of the parable, you know, what is that rocky ground to begin with? What's being described here? And I think that that rocky ground can often be described as our lives. You know, that, that seed was thrown, landed on us, and we hear the word, we hear the, the message, and immediately we're, you know, happy and excited because we, we start to learn and understand the promises that God has and, and all these great things that are found in the word of God. But then, as we see in verses 20 and 21, we never developed any roots in ourselves. We never allowed the, the Word of God to take hold and to become a root. And so then, all of a sudden, storms and trials and things like that come our way, and we fall away. Well, what could some of those storms and trials be? Well, it could be things like you know, um, family um, issues. It could be the loss of a job, loss of a loved one, um, a whole host of things that arise. And because we haven't built our foundation on God, because we haven't uh, allowed the Word of God to take hold of our lives and shape us and mold us, we then fall away as a result of those things. And so with this in mind, the, the question for us then becomes, well, how do we prepare ourselves for the storms and trials of life? When, when those things come knocking on our door, how do we have a foundation built? Or what do we do in order to make sure that we're equipped to handle those storms and not fall away? And the first thing that we have to do is we have to understand that God needs to be the foundation in our lives. Uh, we have a, a couple of passages really to reflect on for this, uh, of making God the foundation of our lives. And the first one is going to come from Isaiah 28, verse 16. Uh, and then Isaiah, uh, verse 16, says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. He, whoever believes in me uh, will not be in haste. So we have this idea here that God is our cornerstone. He's a tested cornerstone, and he is our foundation. And then as we transition into the New Testament, we get to the uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, where we see Jesus talking about building our house on the rock, which I'm sure we're all familiar with. But beginning in verse 24, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. 
and great was the fall of it. So here we see that contrast of people who have built that foundation on God, who have made them the foundations of their lives, versus those who didn't. And when those storms came, when those trials entered those people's lives, um, those who had God as their foundation were able to weather those storms, and those who didn't, that foundation fell. And then finally, we get to Luke 6, verses 47 through 49. And beginning in verse 47, it says, Therefore I tell you, uh, her sins which are many forgive... Uh, wait a second, I think I'm actually on the wrong one. Bear with me here. Luke 6. Apologize. Uh, Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what, it is, what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of the house was great. So we see from all these different passages the importance of making God the foundation of our lives for when these trials and storms come. And on top of those trials and storms, um, it's important to make God the foundation of our lives because of the uncertainties of life. And we see uh, passages such as James 4, 13 and 14 and Matthew 6, 34, where we see um, you know, it being told us about the uncertainty of life, that we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know what will happen in the next hour, the next day, the next week, next month, next year. And with that in mind, we need to consider, is our foundation being built on things like, like money or politics or um, uh, our careers? Or are we building our foundation on God so that we can tackle these things as they come up in our lives? And then we come to our third scenario, and that is the seed among the thorns. And Jesus continues on in Matthew 13, verse 22. And he says, As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it remains unfruitful. And so we have this idea of thorns, being uh, being surrounded by thorns, and that seed uh, being choked out and not able to um, yield results. And so for us as Christians, we have to evaluate our lives and say, well, what thorns are there in our lives? What can be a thorn that, that comes up and chokes out that word that is within me? It could be something as simple as our past. It could be our past saying, well, Bryce, you're not good enough. You've sinned. You've messed up. You've done all of these unspeakable things, and so you're not worthy of God. You're not worthy of uh, the Word of God and, and the blessings that we have from that, that. It could be our family. It could be our family saying, well, the beliefs that you have are wrong. The beliefs that you have are old, outdated. They're not allowed in this household. And so then we have to make a decision, or we may be presented with a dilemma where we are told, you compromise on those beliefs or you put those beliefs aside and go along with what society deems right or you're not welcome here. It could also be our friends. Our friends can be thorns in our lives if they're engaging or, or encouraging us to take, uh, partake in activities that are pulling us closer to the world and further away from God that they say is fun, fulfilling, and you know worth a good time. But at the end of the day, it's a sin in God's eyes. It could also be our careers. It could be our careers in the sense that if we're spending all of our time focusing on getting to a particular destination in our career, um, you know, I, I want to need to work all the time so that I can get a promotion and get a pay raise, so that I can get another promotion and another pay raise, so I get another promotion, another pay raise, and get all this money in my 401k and things like that. And we're so focused on building our careers and doing all of these things that we leave 
the Word of God. We leave all of that behind because we're so focused on, on this. But it could also be our careers can serve as a thorn if the culture of the organization that we're working for um, is bad or unhealthy. If you're working for a company where they don't care if you have to lie, cheat, steal, or do whatever to get to the, to, to get to the top, all they want is that you meet that bottom line, you meet that revenue number, you meet whatever goals they have to please their shareholders. If that's something that you have to compromise on, that could be something that is a thorn in your life that can eventually choke out the Word of God from our lives. And then finally, it could just be a lifestyle that maybe we're living right now. Um, we have a lifestyle that we live, and it allows us to do things that we enjoy doing. And giving our lives to Christ could mean that we have to sacrifice that lifestyle, and we have to give up those things. And we're not ready to do that, or we just don't want to do that at all. Or it could be a lifestyle that we're attaining to have one day. It could be something, I, you know, I want to have this size of a house, I want to have this many cars, I want to have this much money in my bank account. And so we get so focused on achieving that goal that we forget what the real goal is, and that is, you know, hearing the word of God, being a faithful Christian, and ultimately getting to heaven. And so I know that we've kind of blown through those first three scenarios rather quickly. So I just want to pause and, and really reflect on those because I think many of us, maybe at one point or another in our lives, have found ourselves in one of those three scenarios where maybe we just feel like, well, maybe Satan has come and snatched the word from us. Or maybe it could be that we feel that there are thorns all around us and people are kind of just choking out the word from within us. Or it could be that we were that rocky ground where, uh, you know, when those storms and trials came into our lives, they, uh, you know, we, we fell away uh, and we couldn't withstand that storm. And so oftentimes, at least in my experience, I guess, what has ended up happening is whenever I come to that realization where I feel stuck or I feel like I'm not growing like I'm supposed to, the very next thing you do is once you have that realization is you go, okay, well, what's preventing me from growing? Why am I not growing like I should? Why am I not growing as fast as I think I should? And then, and I'm sure maybe, hopefully I'm not the only one, but I've started to make excuses for myself. I may say, well, you know, right now I'm just too busy. I've got schoolwork to do. I've got, you know three books of, of three textbooks worth of notes to take. I've got videos to watch. I've got homework to do and tests to take and all those things. I don't have time right now. Or maybe it's, um, maybe it's just we're struggling to fit in. We're trying too hard to fit in with the world instead of trying to uh, stand right and be right with God. Or it could also be the hobbies that we have. It could be our hobbies saying, you know, I, I want to spend all my time, whether it be, you know, hunting, fishing, shopping, playing video games, uh, whatever that may be. Uh, we want to spend more time on our hobbies than we do studying the Word of God and growing closer to God. Or it could even be the entertainment that we're watching. Uh, it could be another reason. I don't want to stop watching football all the time because I like football and I don't want to stop uh, or put that aside so that I can, you know, read and grow, read the Bible, study the Bible, or make time for those things that are important. And so the end result of that is when we're putting so much time focusing on all of these other things or making excuses for why we can't grow or why we can't get out of the situation we're in, we're not able to grow closer to Christ. We're not able to be that, the, the seed that fell in the good soil, as we'll read about here in a minute. We're just sort of stuck. We're not going anywhere. And, or we are you know, at risk of falling away from God because of all of these different things. And so finally, that brings us to our um, fourth and final um, scenario, if you will. And that is uh, the seed that fell on the good soil. And in Matthew chapter 13, verse 23, uh, Jesus explains this portion of the parable, and he says, As for what was sown on good soil, 
This is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. And so it's important for us to understand or ask ourselves, you know, what is this good soil that is being described here? And I think this good soil is not something that we're just simply born into. Uh, it's not where your family's from or who your family is. Um, it's not something that is just, you know, the, the status of life that you were born into. Um, it doesn't matter the size of your bank account or anything like that. And it's not just having to do with luck. You didn't just wake up one day and be like, oh, I, I just happen to be a seed on, on the good soil that's described here. But the seed or the, the good soil that is described here, people who hear the word, understand the word, as we read in, in uh, verse 23, but then as a result, we, they bear fruit and yield results of those things. And I think a good passage to put on this point that really ties this idea together uh, comes from the book of James. Uh, James chapter 1 and verse 22 through 25. And so in James 1 verse 22 through 25, we see it's written, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And so we see this idea here of you know, someone who, if you're going to be part of that good seed or you, you want to, to be able to grow, you're not stagnant in your faith, that you're, that you're hearing that word, you're understanding that message, but then you're doing something with it. Uh, you're taking action, whether that be um, you know, studying the Bible regularly, maybe you're going out and then preaching the gospel to, to people, whatever that may be. Um, you're doing actions, you're not just hearing the word and, and, and calling it good there. And so, in closing, I think we all would want to strive to be like that good soil, like the seed that fell in the good soil. And so how do we become like that? And what can we do to shape our lives and mold our lives uh, to, to become more like that? I think it starts with making more time to study the Scripture. Um, and there, there's passages uh, here that I have listed, uh, the first one being Joshua 1, verse 8. Um, and Joshua 1, verse 8 uh, says, This is the book of the law that shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And then we also see in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. Verse 18 says, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And so we see from these passages the importance of making time to study Scripture so that we can know what is written, understand what is written, and so that then we can you know, eventually take action and do things with that. But we can also help ourselves become like that seed that fell in the good soil through prayer. Prayer is a very powerful uh, tool or mechanism. It helps us to communicate with God and strengthen that relationship. It allows, him to, or allows us to tell him about uh, you know, the things that we're worried about, the things that we have concerns about, or... Um, or, or maybe the people that, that, that are going through tough times in our lives. We can pray to him and, and ask for strength and courage and wisdom and all of those things. Um, it could also be just the idea that we've been talking about over the last month, 
month and a half or so, of koinonia, where we're seeking relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's not just on the uh, you know, level of, hey, what'd you have for lunch today? Oh, that sounds good. I like Texas Roadhouse too. Uh, what'd you get to eat? And it's not that. It's more of a, uh, you know, hey, I've, I've been studying this scripture and I'm stuck on this. What are your thoughts on it? Or maybe it's just developing a deeper relationship with that person so that when those storms of life come and those trials uh, that we all face come, we have somebody that we can go to, somebody that we can talk to and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm just having a rough time right now. Uh, you know, what, what, what would you recommend? Can you just pray for me? Can we just maybe study together or do some things? But developing deeper relationships so that uh, we, we build each other up spiritually and help each other grow closer to Christ. Um, and then finally, uh, just this idea of not being stagnant. I think that's something we've touched on in a few different passages about you know, not just being hearers of the word, but actually doing things with what we've heard. Um, the simple fact of the matter is, is that our faith can't grow if we're just sitting still, if we're not doing anything with it. We can sit here and, and, and say, yeah, you know, I believe, and, and I believe, and, and that's good and fine, and we need to do that, but we also need to be taking action. We need to be out in the community, sharing the gospel with others. We need to be engaged in doing things to um, help uh, you know, grow, the, grow the kingdom, spread the gospel, um, and not just sitting still because you're not going to be able to grow uh, if you're doing that. So maybe uh, someone among us here tonight, maybe you're, maybe you're in one of those three scenarios where you feel like I've been stuck. Maybe I, you feel like you've allowed Satan to come in and snatch that word away, or maybe you feel like uh, you know, you're surrounded by thorns and you just don't see a way out or see a way to um, get rid of those things. Or maybe you just feel like you're that, that uh, sea that, that was described as falling on rocky ground and you feel like you're, you're in a tough spot in life and you just don't really know where to go and you're struggling um, as a result of that and what to do. Uh, or maybe you're somebody who is uh, ready to proclaim Christ and be immersed in the waters of uh, baptism for the remission of your sins. Um, if there's anything that we can do for anybody here tonight, please let us know as we stand and as we sing.